Picture a meter. All right, picture a meter with me. A grace meter. And, and in the middle, it's mixture. One side, it's law. The other side is just pure grace. The more I move towards just grace, the more that needle is getting pinned. Amen. And it's not going to move away. And you know, the more and more I listen to messages, I, I can see the needle shifting. Oh man, they're going to law. Oh, they're coming to, you know, right there, right in the middle, they're in the mixture. Oh, now they're swinging over to grace. And I, I like, I ask myself, why is there so many differences in messages today? Especially if it's all supposed to be the gospel. It's all supposed to be the gospel. And uh, I started reading. I, I, I just, I love the Father. I love Jesus, Holy Spirit. But I, really, I love Paul, too. And I love his, his writings. And I get so much from his writings. And they make so much sense. And they bring so much clarity. And I was reading in his word today. Well, not today, this week. And I, some things just jumped out at me. That I'm like, Paul, why did you have to say that? Why, why did you have to emphasize that when you were addressing certain people? Why did you say this, you know, to put an exclamation point on what you were then going to teach? Why did you have to do that? And I began to see something in the scriptures that, that really answers the question as to why there's so many Gospels. Why there's so many Gospels. And uh, I love the Apostle Paul because, you know, he starts every single one of his letters the same way. He starts every one of his letters with the words grace and peace. For instance, Romans chapter 1, verse 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Many people just think that's just a nice way the Apostle Paul begins all his letters. But it's not. It's the way the Apostle Paul sets the tone for all his letters. He wants them to let, he wants to let them know, guys, what I'm going to teach you, what I'm going to share with you, what I'm going to bring to you is grace. Grace. Grace, not reward. Grace. Not do-it-yourself system. Grace, not legalism. Grace, not law. That's why he starts every single letter out. He wants to set the tone. Grace. And then when he, sets, he says peace, he's again setting the tone. You're at peace with God. You're at peace with God. This gospel, right, is not about reward. And it's all about peace. You're at peace with God the Father. God the Father is at peace with you. There's no more striving, you see? Because there's no more reward. It's about grace. There's no more striving, so be at peace. Sets the tone out right from the, the very get-go. We lose that in our translations. Because they add words, they take out words, they put in words, you know? They put in their own thoughts. 
But make no mistake about it, Paul knew what he was saying when he addressed the saints at the churches that he was addressing. And I love that because he also addressed them as saints. More than 40 times he addressed them to saints. Now, that goes right hand in hand with grace to you and peace to you. See, because grace, it's not about a reward. It's a gift of God. And peace to you, right? Because you're at peace with the Father. The Father's at peace with you. It's no more striving. There's no more works. There's no more doing, right? So now, because of that, God has perfected you. And he's made you saints. There's no mistake in what Paul addresses people and how he starts things out. Let's get it out right and from the get-go. This is the God. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is what it is, and this is who you are because of what it is. It's amazing. Yeah. I, don't have, I, I happen not to like the King James Version on that because it says, call to be. You know? Because uh, that, 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 that gives um, somewhat of, um, of, of the, the sense that they're called to be, not that they are. And 39 out of 40 places in, in the New Testament, they are. They're not called to be. So why, you know, why that's there, I don't know. A better, a better paraphrase would be, in addressing you, I address all in Rome. I am convinced of God's love for you. He restored you to the harmony of your original design. You were made holy in Christ Jesus. No more than that, you are surnamed saints. His grace, grace gift in Christ secures your total well-being. The Father of the Lord Jesus Christ is ours also. He is our God. That's how Paul addresses the people at the beginning of his letters. He sets the tone right up front. Because now he's going to have to bring correction to some of them. All right? Romans chapter 11, verse 6. If you don't know what Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says, you need to commit it to memory. You really do. Okay? I know how to paraphrase it, but I'm going to read it from the uh, from King James Version. It says this, And if by grace, then it is no more works. Otherwise, grace is not grace. How simple can you get? Right? How simple can Paul get? How simple can he make it? If it's by grace, then it's no more works. Otherwise, grace is not grace. Now listen, if it's works, then it's not grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. And I have a little, a little phrase here that says, Grace plus law equals Law. <laughs> Hallelujah. Without works is vitally important to Paul. Without works. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, Therefore stand in the liberty where which Christ has made you free, and no longer be enslaved to a yoke of bondage. And when you look up those words, liberty and free, do you know what they tell you in the Greek? Liberty and freedom from all laws, both moral and ceremonial. 
That is in complete agreement with Colossians chapter 2 where it says that Jesus took the law that was contrary to us, that was against us, nailing it to the cross, obliterating it, canceling it out. And Paul, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he actually calls the law the administration of death and the administration of condemnation. So, without works is vitally important to Paul. So, this is, this, is, this, is, this is something you need to remember. If you read in your translations anything that indicates a work, that's not Paul's gospel. That's a poor translation. I told you, our filter is I am, I can, and I have. I am, I can, and I have. Romans chapter 1, verse 9. Here's, for God is my witness whom I serve with all my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. You think when you read that, that ah, again, it's just another nice phrase. It's just another nice way to address. No, he wants to set it apart right off the bat. This is the gospel of Jesus. This isn't the gospel of good works according to Moses. This is the gospel of Jesus. All right? And then he goes on to say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Jesus, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Why did Paul have to make this statement? Why did Paul have to say, I'm not ashamed? I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. You're going to find out why. You're going to find out why. All right? Verse 17 of Romans chapter 1. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith, not by works. The language of Paul's gospel is this. Because of what has been done, because of what God has done through Jesus your achieving is in your simply believing. Did you get that? Yeah. Because of what has been done, because of what has, God has done through Jesus Christ, your achieving, all the promises, all the blessing, is in your simply believing. Now, I have always read that, but I never paid attention to verse 15. Why? Why? Does Paul say, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you, which are in Rome. Why would he have to say that? He's going to a church, right, gathering, the ecclesia. He's going to visit the group of Christians. They believe in Jesus. I would imagine they've heard a gospel. Why would Paul have to say to them, I can't wait to get to you. I can't wait to come to you. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. And you know something about Paul? That's Romans chapter 1, verse 15. Romans chapter 2, verse 16. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. There are many other portions of scripture where he doesn't call it, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. He says, I'm ready to preach my gospel. What do you mean, Paul, you had your own gospel? 
Yeah, I had my own gospel. It was the gospel. And rem remember in Galatians, he said, and if another person comes, if another angel comes, if an angel comes, if anybody else comes and adds to this or changes this, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Mm -hmm. So why? Mm -hmm. And I had to understand what many of God's children and many in the church don't understand. That there is more than one gospel. Mm -hmm. That there are many gospels. Mm -hmm. Why? We're going to see why. Galatians chapter 2 verse 7. But contrary wise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to me, the gospel of the circumcision was committed to Peter. Just like today, there's more than one gospel. There's still a gospel out there being preached to the circumcision, to the ones that are still adhering to the law of Moses, to the ones that still believe you have to adhere to the, the law of Moses, to the ones that still believe when you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, it hasn't changed, that if you, if you, Obey all the commands. If you, if you follow all the commands, if you hearken, then this is what I will do. That's the gospel to the circumcision. See, because they still, they adhere to faith in Jesus Christ, but they still adhere to zealousness for the law of Moses. So that gospel to the circumcision is still in the church today. I don't know if this is making sense. Yeah. And that is not Paul's gospel. That is not Paul's gospel. And Peter, Peter was sent to the circumcision. And you know why Peter was sent to the circumcision? Because he fell from true grace. He fell from the truth of the one and only gospel of Jesus Christ. And how do we know that? Because in Acts, Acts chapter 10, and I'm going to paraphrase this. Acts chapter 10, you can read about it. Um, what, what portions of scripture are they? Acts chapter 10, I thought I had it written. Uh, well, it was in Acts chapter 10. I got it here. Acts chapter 10, verses 10 through 16, where Peter's getting his vision. See, God... God is giving Peter the true gospel. Peter receives this vision, and he sees this sheet coming down from heaven mm -hmm. with all the forbidding, forbidden foods. All the foods that Pastor Lenny loves to eat. <laughs> baby back ribs. I love my baby back ribs. Shrimp, lobster, dripped in butter and the butter all oh. uh, so this 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 is coming down from heaven and God gives Peter the instruction hey rise get up and eat and Peter's like not me no I've never had anything unclean touch my lips pass through my lips see God has given him the gospel and then the Lord the Lord says to him again Peter eat Peter says Lord no a third time, the Lord says, Peter, 
eat. But he says this, and Peter, know this. Know this. This is the gospel. What I have made holy, what I have made holy, let no man call unholy. So here it is. You mean I don't become holy by adhering to the law? No. You become holy because of faith in Jesus Christ, because of faith in me, and then you become holy. I make you holy. So he received the gospel. And he started ministering. He went to Cornelius' house. He went into their house, a thing that was not done. You don't go into the house of a Gentile. And he ate with them, and he broke bread with them, and he fellowshiped with them, and he was one with them. Why? Because of the gospel. All one in Jesus Christ. Made righteous, made holy by faith in him, and faith in him only. But what happened was, James got a hold of him. James, make no mistake about it, James was a law dog. Okay? James was, was in the gospel of the circumcision. And so, Peter, all of a sudden, he disassembles, right? And he's no longer fellowshipping or eating or breaking bread with the Gentiles anymore. And this is great. When you read uh, Galatians chapter 2, when you read Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 14, you can, you can see where, where Paul says, and I approach Peter to his face. And I said to him, Peter, you stray from the truth. What? He was preaching the gospel. But he was preaching the gospel to the circumcision. See, those are the two Gospels that are still being preached today. The Gospel to the circumcision and the Gospel to the Gentiles. Our Gospel. Alright? And some ministers are out there kind of intermingling them. But the book of Galatians says a little leaven law. A little law leavens the whole lump. Grace plus law equals law. There were multiple Gospels, and it hasn't changed. It has to move from multiple to just one. To just one. But then it has to move from just one to just yours. So that you can say like Paul, this is my gospel. This is my gospel. This is what I believe. This is where I stand. This is what God has done for me. It has to move from being the gospel to it being your gospel. From one to thee to yours. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, must become, for God so loved me. You have to believe and you have to understand that God loves you. This is why Paul prayed with all the saints that you might know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the length of his love for you. I gotta ask a question. I wonder who's bold enough to raise their hands. How many of you have said, God, I don't know how you, how come you love me? 
God, I don't know how much, I don't know how you, why you love me. God, I don't know. Put your hand down, you don't believe in God's love. When you question, Lord, how could, how could you love me? That means you're looking at yourself in an unapproved way. In a way that God would never look at you. You are not looking at yourself the way God will look at Jesus. Would Jesus ever say, God, I don't know how you could love me. Or, or you know, why you love me. Jesus would never, ever say that. Because Jesus was fully convinced of his love. And this is why he prayed in John chapter 17, verse 23. Father, that we would be one. We all would be one. And that they know you love them as much as you love me. Now, there's a parable about a costly pearl. Right? How, how this, 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 he, this merchant sold everything, right, to, to get that field to find that pearl. You know who the pearl was? It's us. So we have to walk in the same love and the same approval of ourselves that God does. Because the Bible clearly says faith is energized by love. And whenever you question your value or your worth, you're diminishing God's love. Never raise your hands again. <laughs> Always be convinced of his love. Period. Period. Can't do anything to make him love you anymore. You'll never do anything to make him, make him love you any less. It's a perfect love. And why is it? It's such a perfect love. And what is that perfect love done? As Jesus is, so are you in this world. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the worth that you see in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your, for your opinion of me. Thank you, Lord, that your, your, your approval rating of me is so high. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. This, this you is, know, he, we would do greater works than he did. the Karis the uh, students, they sang this song. Lord, you are yeah. more, more precious, more precious than, than silver. Yeah. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Mm -hmm. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. Mm -hmm. Pastor, Pastor Lori came up to me and said, you know what, man? As they were singing that song to the Lord, the Lord was speaking those things to me. Now, if you say to yourself, I can't think about that. I can't think about myself in that way. You are in the wrong gospel. Amen. That's religion and man. Why can't you think of yourself that way? Because you haven't done this, that, and the other thing. Because you're living like this, that, and the other way. <laughs> We're going to look at oh, the gospel is beautiful. The gospel is without fault. The gospel takes out every, every bit of chance that we can fail or falter. Unless we don't accept this gospel and we say, I'm going to accept this gospel because, because this, this gospel makes more sense to me because 
because I, I, I seen how I blew it the other day, or I seen how I messed up, or I seen the mistake I made, you know. This gospel makes more sense. Well, if that's your thinking, it's going to always make more sense until you step into this gospel. Mm. I am, I can, and I have. Come on! Yeah. Hallelujah! Come on, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Whoa. I'm, I'm, the gospel must become your gospel, right? And you must make it personal. The gospel of Christ is the power of God, and the power of God leaves nothing to chance or nothing up to you except to believe and receive. All because of his great love, the gospel of God has made us perfect and one. John 17, 23. Nothing to chance. Nothing for us to do except believe. Number one, his gospel has made us brand new. Amen. Brand new. You have to grab hold of the fact that you're brand new. You're a new species. You are a new species. The day you receive Jesus Christ, you believe in Jesus Christ, you say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior, you were made a new species. Amen. Amen. Period. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And, and similar verses can be found in Romans chapter 6, verse 4 through 5. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. They all talk about how we are one with Christ, how we're united with Christ, how we died with him, the old man died with him, and how we were raised to newness of life with him. Yeah. Yeah. He made us brand new. Religion and the gospel of the circumcision will tell us that we're not brand new. Nothing is different. Nothing has changed. I lived in that for 30 years. You're just a sinner. Come on. Who in here is not a sinner? Lori, Lori toward the end of the time, at the end, when we were just getting ready because we had to leave because they, we, just, we just couldn't be part of it anymore. I was ready to get up. I, come up. Come up to me. I was ready to get up. She, she, put, she put her hand. Lenny, don't. Please don't go up there. Don't. Don't go up there. You know. Number one, he, he made us brand new. Brand new. Two, he made us, he made us. We don't have to become, we don't have to work at it. No performance involved. He made us perfectly righteous and holy. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin was made to be sin, and we were made to be righteous. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified, therefore, being made righteous, we have peace with God. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and 30, talks about how God has made us into the very image, duplicate copy, likeness of Jesus Christ. How he called us, how he justified us, and how he glorified us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24 says, put on, put on the new man. Put on your new man. You're a new man. You're a new man. So put him on. Put him on. What's the new man? He's been created in true holiness and true righteousness. Okay, well, how do I do that? What do I have to do? What steps do I need to take? How do I, how do, I do that? What is my life? What, what, what do I do? What is, give me some instructions. Be renewed in your mind. 
be renewed in your mind. Wow. And that means when he made us perfectly righteous and holy, it means that he qualified us to qualify. He qualified us to qualify for every blessing and every promise. Colossians 1.12. That's not fair. That's not fair. Daddy, Dad, Pops, that's not fair. I served you every day of my life. I obeyed. I never, I never disobeyed one of your commands. I worked the fields. You didn't give me no fattened calf to have a party with my... Oh, son, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. All that I have is yours. You're my son. Mm. So if you feel like that son, you see, you feel, religion makes us feel like that son. Who? Undeserving. Right? Undeserving. He wasted his money. He, he was, he was a horrible you know, steward. He was a bad steward. He, li he lived, you know, I don't know the bad things he did, but they must have been really bad. Okay? And he comes back, and the father, he doesn't lose his position or standing in one bit before his father. Put the robe back. I didn't take the robe off. I didn't take the robe off your back. The gospel of the circumcision took the robe off your back. Does this make sense? Yeah. Amen. I didn't take your ring of authority off your finger. The gospel of the circumcision took it off your finger. I didn't take the shoes off your feet. You're not a slave servant. You're, not, you're my son. Put them shoes back on. This is the Father. This is God. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. I did not remove those things from you. Never, ever. But you took them off because you listened to the gospel of the circumcision. Oh, man. This is good, isn't it? Awesome. But you're going to say, you don't want me to fail you in course, in class. So <laughs> Which means he qualified us to qualify. That's not right. I worked hard. Qualify. Qualify. So, so number one, he made us brand new. Number two, he made us perfectly righteous and holy. This is this gospel. This is Paul's gospel. This is my gospel. Number three, he gave me a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 17. He took that heart of stone. He ripped it out. And when he made me brand new, he gave me a heart of flesh. He gave me a new heart. And on this new heart is written the laws of God. What are the laws of God? His perfect love, the law of liberty, and the law of faith. That's it. That's it. And when I operate in his love, I operate in liberty and freedom, and faith is energized in my life. Amen. Gave us a new heart. And number four, see, this is what he has done. This is not what the gospel of the circumcision does. He purged us from sin consciousness. Nobody can ever. Yeah. You, you, you're a sinner. Don't, you're talking to the wrong guy. Who are you pointing to? Is that somebody behind me? No. 
He purged us from sin consciousness. He wants us to dwell in righteousness consciousness. He wants us to dwell in holiness consciousness. Yes. He wants us to dwell in the, in the consciousness of the fact that we are perfect, that we are complete. That as Jesus is, so are we. This is his gospel. He purges us from sin consciousness. How do you say that? Why do you say that? Well, I don't say it. Whoever wrote Hebrews, whether it was the Apostle Paul or someone else, he told us that the blood of Jesus Christ purges us from sin consciousness. Not just sin, sin consciousness. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2. Now it's up to us to believe, to fix our minds to these truths, and all by the grace and convincing of the Holy Spirit, never by works. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Become transformed by the renewing of your mind. Become transformed by the renewing of your mind. If people would get that verse right, there would be so much more freedom in the body of Christ. Don't be conformed to the image of this world. Oh, you see, don't be like them. Don't be like the world. Don't watch movies they watch. Don't, don't go to bars like they you know, that's all good stuff, right? But that's not what that verse is talking about. Think about it, guys. From, from chapter 1 to chapter 12, Paul is addressing Gentiles and Jews. He's address, addressing true righteousness. He's address, addressing true grace, all right? He's, he's getting them away from the law, right? And so when you look up the word, be not conformed to this world, to the world, that word world is not cosmos. It's not cosmos. If it was cosmos, right, the entire earth and all its inhabitants, then we can say don't be like them. But that's not what it is. It's aeon. It's age. It's this age. What age? The age of law I've been preaching against. Don't be conformed to this law. Don't be conformed to the gospel of the circumcision. Don't be conformed to the gospel of works that you have to do become transformed by the renewing of your mind mm -hmm. to the truth. You must see yourself as God's loving eyes see you. Yes. When you see yourself as God's loving eyes see you, then faith, faith will work and energize within you. And that's when you're able to believe in your heart, speak with your mouth, Speak to your mountain and have it go and have it disappear. Amen? Amen? So the message today is very simple. You have to make sure you know what gospel you're believing in. And you have to take it from being the gospel and make it your gospel. And you will live in the freedom and the power that God had intended for you to live in.